Welcome to Thin Places, a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. I'm Father Carl Adair, the Assistant Rector. And I'm Mother Lindsay Lunham, the Rector of Zion. On this season of the podcast, we've shared stories about thin places in time. Stories of people who step across a threshold into a new chapter of their lives. And when they look back through that doorway, their past has a different shape than they'd thought. And in our last two episodes, we talked about a threshold that Zion is crossing as we reckon with some of the wounds of our inheritance, hurts that we as the people of Zion have allowed ourselves to forget or chosen not to see. We've learned that our founding families enslaved at least 43 people, children of God, in the years leading up to Zion's founding. This church we love was founded with wealth created by the forced labor of enslaved people. We've also confronted anew that this thread of racism has run throughout our history. As we heard in Donna Barron's stories last week, the people of Zion have sometimes actively excluded people of color, something Donna herself experienced. And we have also passively stood by and done nothing while people of color from our own community were disrespected and demeaned. These painful discoveries and reminders don't blot out all the good that Zion has done in its nearly 200-year history. They don't mean that everything Zion is and has been is ruined or a waste. These painful discoveries mean that our past has a different shape than we'd thought. And while we can't change that past, we can draw meaning from it. And those meanings can inspire us to act now, in the present, for justice and healing. Receiving the whole truth about Zion's history, we can write the next chapter of that history right now, carrying forward the many gifts of Zion's legacy and taking steps to heal its wounds. I've got to be honest, Mother Lindsay, while, while I find that exciting and trust that it could be really life-giving, sometimes it feels pretty overwhelming. I know, for me too. And I think we can honor that feeling without getting totally paralyzed or shutting down. I loved that moment back in our third episode when Katie Dean talked about what she does when she gets overwhelmed by the pain and grief of the past. The trick is... I just will take some breaths, and I'll let myself feel it. And sometimes I have to go away and cry somewhere, and sometimes it just passes and I'm okay, and I'll just like keep putting one foot in front of the next, and here we go. That's so great. I love that. And it's a great lead-in to the main thing we want to do with this last episode of the season, to draw on the wisdom in the stories that Zion members shared in the early episodes as we discern our next steps as the Zion community. All these folks crossed a threshold in their own lives, and while it may have been initially disorienting and at times overwhelming, they did find their bearings. They put one foot in front of the other, and that ongoing journey is life-giving for them. So their wisdom and experience can guide us, can give us a sense of what to expect in the months and years ahead. One of the themes that runs through these stories is that once you cross a threshold, 
you realize that you can't go back. I fell to my knees in the shower and I wept because I, I just knew something had to change and I couldn't stay in my marriage. I started screaming at her, thinking that she wanted to keep me down as a stay-at-home dad. And so at that moment, I realized that I needed to make a change. For Katie, crossing her threshold helped her realize that she needed to leave her marriage. For Michael, it showed him that he needed to do some real work on himself to save his. But for both of them, once they got an honest glimpse of the story they had been living in, they couldn't go back to it. Something had to change. I feel a version of that when it comes to these discoveries that the Zion History Project has made. When I hear that Zion's founders enslaved people and treated them as disposable, or when I hear that a member of Zion told Donna Barron that she didn't belong, quote, on account of her color, we can't unsee that or unknow that. I think we need to get really clear about how the people of Zion understood themselves and how they understood the identity of the church. What was the story that Zion was living in? And what parts of that story are still alive today? Knowing what we now know about our past creates a threshold for us to walk through into new possibilities. If we try to graft the old story into the new, it's like putting old wine into new wineskins. This is our chance to embrace a new story about who we were and who we want to be. Absolutely. And that's going to take time and work. When Katie and Michael committed to making a change, they began a process that took years and is still ongoing for both of them. It took time for them to recognize the habits and patterns that fit in their old story, but had to be let go in the new chapter they were crafting. I think we've made a good start with the truth-telling that the History Project is doing in this podcast and elsewhere as we move forward with a memorial to the people our founding families enslaved. And I'm proud that Zion is, in 2023, a vibrant, multiracial parish, and that we are taking the lead in welcoming new neighbors to the shelter across the street later this summer. That move to seek real relationship with people experiencing homelessness, that definitely feels like it's part of a new story for Zion. What we've learned about enslavement and exclusion, it suggests that part of Zion's past was an instinct to create boundaries of insiders and outsiders and to create hierarchies between people. And we've seen some of that instinct in the campaign of resistance to the shelter from other parts of this neighborhood. But that instinct doesn't fit anymore with the community that we're becoming. And it doesn't fit with the gospel either. Wherever he went, Jesus broke down hierarchies or turned them on their head. His ministry was all about radical welcome, about building relationships of care and solidarity across social boundaries. And as followers of Jesus, we're led by the Holy Spirit to do the same. Just like the Holy Spirit led Peter into relationship with Cornelius, as you talked about in episode five. 
One of my hopes for this work on science history is that it will help us recognize the instincts and habits that keep us from living more fully into that gospel and keep us from the awe that Peter and Cornelius experienced when the Holy Spirit brought them together. I'd say that a feeling of awe is another theme in the stories we've heard this season. Maybe as Zion crosses this threshold, we should look for experiences of awe as signs that we're moving in the right direction. That certainly seems to be something that the stories we've heard have in common. Absolutely. Michael talked about feeling something like awe when he helps his kids process their emotions in a different way than he was taught, and how healing that is for him. You could hear it in Dylan's voice when he spoke about the 50-year journey to recognizing his male identity. And in Katie's, when she talked about falling in love for real. I feel alive. I feel clear. I feel astonished. When, when God does great things, I think, I think we always feel some astonishment. And I could not keep myself from falling in love. It was just the most wonderful, dreadful thing that's ever happened to me. It's like I still can't process it. Like, what? How did I get duped into thinking that was the real thing? Because now this feels like the real thing. And I can't help but remember way back in the first episode of this season, Christina and Marguerite reflecting on their experiences of the presence of Jesus. There was definitely awe there. Yeah, awe, and over time, a sense of real empowerment, knowing that our loving God was with them no matter what. It gave me the courage to go out on a limb a lot of the times. I didn't need to have the absolute roadmap and you know, know what I'm going to do at each point of the way, which is how I had always operated. It gave me a freedom to try different things, to step into situations where I didn't know what the future was going to be. A major thing was coming to a fuller knowledge and understanding of the love of God. You know, that has meant so much to me and given me a faith that I didn't have when I was, when I was younger. Because I guess I just didn't understand. Sometimes we have to go through these things mm-hmm. in order to to find that faith. God is waiting for us there on the other side of that door. When you put all of that together, these stories offer us some good lessons to follow as we continue this work. Tell the truth about the past. Honor the pain in it and the grief we feel now breathe through it. I just will take some breaths and I'll let myself feel it. Take one step at a time. Expect the journey to be long. It's been a work in progress and I feel very lucky that I'm able to relearn all of this. Follow the feeling of wholeness. Look for experiences of awe and astonishment as signs that we're on the right track of the Holy Spirit. So I started to reclaim. I mean, recla- everything is reclaiming. I reclaimed my identity from when I was 16. And- God is waiting for us there. And remember that God is with us.
We can have courage to take risks, to try something new. It gave me a freedom to step into situations where I didn't know what the future was going to be. Mother Lindsay, as we conclude this season of the podcast and step forward into a new phase of this work, would you offer a blessing to send us forth on it? As we cross this threshold together as a community, may we keep our eyes and ears and heart open for the unexpected ways that God is calling us to live into a new story, a story that gives life and heals and transforms. We ask this in the name of the one who is the guide, the path, and the journey itself. Amen. Amen. Thin Places is a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens, produced by me, Father Carla Dare. Our music is by Nick Marcella. Thanks to Mother Lindsay Lunham, our rector, for her leadership in this work at Zion and for sharing her wisdom here today. We're not sure what the future of this podcast will be, but we invite everyone listening to follow along with our broader work on this next chapter at zionepiscopal.org and to remember that God is with you and maybe even calling you across a threshold into deeper truth and more abundant life. Wherever that doorway leads, peace be with you.